When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's like the same feeling that I would get when I would have like a performance at school and none of my family could make it because they were working or something and you look out and no one's there for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. As always, welcome, and I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited to chat with you about this week's episode, which is going to be a good one. But before we hop into that, just want to remind you to please subscribe to the podcast as well as leave a rating and review if you're over on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere that supports reviews. We are also available on YouTube now, which wasn't the case before, so just be sure to check out the show notes wherever you're listening. You can go to latashajames.com slash podcast and find the show notes there as well. So you'll be able to find everywhere that you can listen and watch the show. So the point of this show is really to encourage people to join the freelancing community, to share tips and tricks and anecdotes that I have and you know advice and things like that. And it's really mostly a positive show, right? That's the point is I love what I do. Freelancing has absolutely changed my life. I mean, it's how I make my living now and it's a beautiful thing. So that's true. But I also think it's really important to understand if you're a good fit to be a freelancer. And obviously this is not the end all be all. I don't think any of these things can't really be changed. But there are things to keep in mind that I think are very, very important skills or qualities to possess if you want to be a freelancer. And these are things that, I don't know, people ask me about, hey, do you think I could freelance? Do you think I'd be good at this? And it's like, the skills are kind of, I don't want to say they're irrelevant, but skills can be learned. Some things are going to come more naturally or easier or quicker to you. But for the most part, I mean... I don't know. I don't want to undervalue skill. And there's certainly a such thing as natural skill and talent and all that. So I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But my point is you can always learn something, right? You can learn some kind of marketable skill. But whether or not you can put in the work, whether or not you have the right personality type to be a freelancer, all that kind of stuff, I think, is a little bit harder to learn and something that you definitely have to be more cognizant of. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I want to share a few reasons why freelancing might not be the right fit for you. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James and I'm your host. I'm a freelance digital marketer, video creator, and business coach. And this show is an inside look at the world of freelancing featuring tips, tricks, and interviews with people who are doing it right. I'm so excited you're tuning into it. Let's get started have to give credit to a Twitter user. I don't even know this guy. This just came through my feed on Twitter and it honestly inspired the this entire episode. So I want to read his tweet for you. I'll show it up on the screen on YouTube, but his name's Cameron Yarbrough. He is the CEO and co-founder of Torch Labs. So again, I have no idea. I don't follow him. Maybe I should follow him. Uh, but 
I thought this was a great tweet. It says, don't become a founder if you can't handle criticism and rejection. The criticism to accolades ratio is about 100 to 1. Do become a founder if you're motivated by personal growth, because if you let it, that is all that's guaranteed. Screenshot that real quick. So this is number one, the first reason why freelancing might not be for you, and that's if you are not motivated by personal development. Like he said, I mean, I that is like the realest thing that I think I've ever seen in a realist on Twitter in the past few months. Like that was a really good tweet because that is the only thing that's guaranteed. There is no promises when it comes to owning your own business, freelancing, being co-founder, founder, whatever, except for the fact that you are going to learn a heck of a lot. And I mean, yeah, there's contracts and stuff. So technically you might be guaranteed money if you sign a contract, but like even that one, like, no, the whole thing, this whole journey is all about self-development, personal development, growth. And you know what? I knew going into doing my business full-time that even if I failed, which what does that mean anyway? But even if I failed, even if I like couldn't make money, I couldn't make a sustainable business, I burnt out, whatever. I knew that I was going to have worked harder probably than I ever had in my life. I would be able to say that I ran a company, even if it didn't turn out, you know, I was going to grow from that. And that was something that I was willing to do. That was a challenge, a risk I was willing to take. So I think a lot of people get blinded by the few people who really make it, you know, who are uber successful and and that's great. Like, of course we wanna look up to those people and every, Everybody has a different level of success. To some people, they look at me and think I'm a successful freelancer and they look up to me. Me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm looking up to, you know, people who are 10 steps above me. There's always going to be a new thing that you're chasing and a new level of success. So that's first thing. But I think we sometimes get blinded by those people, whoever those people are, those aspirational people, whoever those people are, without really thinking about what their beginning was like and thinking about the struggles that they have had and still do have. Because believe me, I always talk about Marie Forleo. She's like one of my business, you know, people that I really look up to. I just really admire her a lot. I guarantee you she has bad days. Hillary Rushford is another one. I just love her. And she posted a podcast recently about, you know, a mistake that happened in her business and her having to let somebody go and kind of a a really big mistake when it came to email marketing. So everybody has bad days. We don't focus on that stuff enough, I think. I think we focus a little bit too much on, oh my gosh, but Hillary Rushford just spent, you know, a month in Paris, like twirling around in cute outfits while running her business. I want to do that. And yeah, like I do, but she also probably had some stressful days. So you got to be motivated by self-development. And I think the thing about that too is that you can't just be like, okay, I'm going to grow from this. I'm going to struggle. I'm going to have challenges. You have to be like, I am going to take those challenges and let make them make me a better person. I'm not going to let them get me down. I think that's a unique skill that I have always had in a sense and a lot of people have I'm not unique I'm not a special snowflake or anything but I have always been good at taking a bad situation and kind of flipping it around and being like well why did this happen what could I have done better what did I learn from this what was I supposed to take out of this and I think that's really important because you're gonna have lots of bad weird uncomfortable things happen to you in business you're also gonna have a lot of really good things happen to you so it's important to be able to have that 
piece in your brain to be able to really analyze all of the things for better or for worse and just kind of, you know what I mean? Take it and make it make you a better person. And you also always have to constantly be learning. I've said that so many times, but if I have free time, like if I have a free Friday, I have nothing on my calendar, no assignments due. I, yeah, I usually like have fun, go do lunch with a friend, go do something fun. But I'll usually also like listen to a podcast or read a book or tune into a webinar or do something that is helping my business too. Attend a conference, listen to a speech, like something. You have to really be into that because nobody is forcing you to do it. You know, in a corporate job, maybe your boss would encourage you to like read training materials or attend conferences or something. Nobody's pushing me to do that. It's up to me, but I know that those are value adds for my clients. When I tell them, hey, I just got off a call with Facebook. I just went to a conference with Facebook or, um, you know, a business conference and whatever it is, you know, or hopped on this webinar the other day. It was really gave me some good campaign ideas. That is a value add for my business. And that just helps me upsell and things like that. Okay. I got to stop rambling because I'm only on number one. Number two is kind of two and one. And that's freelancing may not be for you if you're not good with money or if you don't like to work. And I put them together because really they're kind of similar, right? I, I, don't know. I mean, I think I'm pretty good with money. I'm not the best. There's definitely things that I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to figure this out. I need to figure this out. Um, but I grew up without a lot of money. I grew up very, um, you know, frugally, very, uh, humble, if you will, whatever the word is you want to say. I didn't grow up with a ton of money. I grew up, you know, single mom and, and very, very working class if that. And I think that taught me how to be good with money in a weird way because I learned the value of a dollar. I started working as soon as I possibly could. I got my first job when I was 15. I think I started looking for my first job when I was like 14. And I really understood like the value of a dollar. Um, We were always like, my mom always says this about me that I'm a bargain hunter and I love that about myself. And I think that's something that, yeah, you learn how to do when you grow up without a lot of money, because if you want to look cute, you got to shop the clearance rack and know how to do it well and things like that. So I definitely think that helped me, but I also, again, think there's something kind of innate, like nature versus nurture. I don't know. I am a saver. I... I'm not somebody who is impressed by fancy cars, fancy bags, fancy shoes. I could care less. I don't go out. I don't, you know, I do go out, but not to like party and pop bottles and things like that. And there's nothing wrong if you do like nice things, but you still have to learn how to budget for them, right? And prioritize your spending and all of that stuff. And again, I don't know, like, I think, I think it is kind of innate. For me, so it's hard for me to really speak to it sometimes just because I don't know, I just save as much money as I can. Like that's always been my thing. I don't necessarily have a percentage of my, you know, invoices that I save, put in my savings account or whatever. Like that is where I'm not so good at money because I don't really have like a method to it, besides obviously, you know, I have methods to like paying taxes and paying things like that. But when it comes to my own finances, I'm like, I don't know, just save as much as I can. <laughs> so I definitely know I could be doing things smarter, but you have to, like you have to, I get the question all the time, you know, how much money did you save before going freelance full time? Uh, how did you save that much money? How did you, whatever, 
I don't know. You just save as much as you can. Like that's the answer. And I think that is what has helped me up until this point, be able to take projects that I really love to not have days of like sheer terror and panic that I'm not going to be able to pay the bills, things like that have. Yes, there's absolutely been times that I'm like, okay, not not as much coming in as I would like or a little bit more going out than it's coming in right now. Definitely. There's just things happen, right? But the more that you can prepare yourself by having an emergency fund, by just living on less, I live on so much less than I did when I was working a full-time job without even realizing it. Again, I think I just kind of naturally was like, you know what? We're going out to eat five nights a week. Let's go out to eat once or twice. Things like that have really changed. So I think I'm going to do an episode all about living on less and how I've kind of gotten used to that. But Anyway, you definitely have to do that. And you also have to like to work because the idea of like this entrepreneur that just wakes up and gets a bunch of money in their sleep is, I don't want to say it's fake because I know some people do have like really weird ways of making money. I'm not, I don't know, maybe uh, passive income is a real thing. I do have some passive income, but even that passive income, it took a lot, a lot of work to like get it to a point where it is kind of making money on its own now. So you have to be able to put in the work, at least at the beginning. I say this all the time, but my first, you know, long-term freelance gig was in addition to a really weird shift for my first corporate job. I was working long days. I was working like 12 p.m. to 11 p.m. or 1 p.m. to 11 p.m., something like that. I was working four days a week. And then I was coming home and working for my freelance client all the rest of the time. I had no social life. I didn't really sleep. You know, it was kind of extreme. I'm not saying you have to be that extreme, but you like I put in the work and I I still have times when I'm like, okay, I wake up a lot of times on at 5 or 6 a.m. because I have a client deadline instead of staying up super late now because I'm like old now and I've reached the point where I just can't do that anymore. I'll just wake up at 5 a.m. and bang out work before a 9 a.m. deadline. Like I do stuff like that all the time that I didn't do that when I had a corporate job. Like I just didn't. So you have to be okay with putting in a lot of time, a lot of effort and energy more than anything. It's not so much about the hours, but about how much of yourself you're going to be putting into your work. It can be really exhausting and overwhelming. There are days when I'm just like, I want to sit on the couch and do nothing today. Some days I can do that because that's the beauty of freelance and, you know, managing your own schedule. But sometimes I just can't. Like sometimes I have a deadline. I have clients counting on me. I don't have buffer room and just got to do it. Freelancing might not be for you if you're not a people person. So I am really careful with how I frame this because it's not that I'm not a people person. I actually really like people. I really love people. I'm really fascinated by people. I think um, I'm very much an empath. I care about people, all kinds of people. I like different viewpoints and perspectives on life, on, you know, everything that has to do with life and the world. So it's not that I'm not a people person, but I am very much an introvert. And when I decided to go you know, start freelancing, I was like, or even when I started to go into social media, I was like, oh, this is a great career path for an introvert because, you know, you just type on the internet. Like you don't really have to talk to anyone, right? Wrong. (laughs) I mean, 
some jobs, some career paths are definitely more independent than others. Social media is definitely very independent, uh, writing, very independent, but you still have clients and you still got to talk to those clients. And as much as I tried, this was a big mistake that I made when I first started freelancing is I would try really hard to like keep communication all virtual. It doesn't work like that. Like you have to actually pick up the phone sometimes and talk to people. And sometimes it's really unnecessary. Like, oh my gosh, sometimes you'll get stuck on meetings just like you do in any other job where you're like, why am I on this meeting? This could have been an email. But other times it's really, really necessary. And I think something that I I still have to remind myself this sometimes, I provide a service to people. I need to have a certain level of customer service. Like that is a part of your job. And I'm very grateful that I worked in a mall for many years. I worked in retail as a sales associate and assistant manager at many different places before doing this. And I'm really glad because I learned a lot of great customer service skills. Then my first corporate job was in the automotive industry and I kind of worked in customer service slash marketing too. So I got a lot of good experience with that. And I definitely recommend that if you haven't had like a traditional customer service job, maybe get one on the side while you're building your business or at least just do research into that because it's a huge part of your job. Um, And honestly, like, I think it's equally as important as your craft, honestly. People work with people that they like. People work with people who make their jobs easier, who they enjoy being around. And so, again, it's not that you have to be the most outgoing, loud person in the room, but you do have to know how to talk to people. You do have to be understanding and be able to see things from your client's perspectives. A lot of times, you know, I'll I'll get like a creative brief or a request in and it's like, I really have to dig to understand what they really want. And that doesn't come super naturally to everybody. Some people are not great listeners, you know? Some people don't know how to take themselves out of a situation and try to see things from another perspective. So you definitely have to know how to communicate with people, be open to communicating with your clients, You don't have to be a people person per se, but you can't not be a people person. You know what I mean? Like you at least have to be kind of a people person and know how to turn that part of you on. Like I definitely think I can turn that part of me on and be really cheerful and, you know, happy and supportive. But then I can also kind of be a hermit when that time comes and just put my head down and get my work done. So you've taken all the courses, including mine, hopefully, listened to all the podcasts, hey, and are ready to get your first social media gig. Whether you're looking to freelance full-time or get a job at a company somewhere, you'll need experience to get hired. That's where Genem comes in. Genem is a great platform that connects people with businesses for three-month digital apprenticeships, giving you the skills and experience you need to build a portfolio and grow your career. Sign up for free as an apprentice with my affiliate link in the show notes and get started getting that experience that you need to build your portfolio or just your LinkedIn profile. Freelancing might not be for you if you really like consistency and stability. And this was this is a weird one for me because I really do, at least when I think about it. I mean, I am like a long-term relationship person. I've never 
dated somebody casually. I tried to date Norris, my my part, my current partner, casually, and that didn't work out. So we ended up dating for four years. So yeah, in all aspects of the word, I am a consistency person of habit. I like you know, familiarity. I like listening to songs that I used to love. I like traveling to places that I've already been. Like, I'm definitely that type of person. And obviously the most, you know, obvious one, I guess, is the money aspect. When you switch from a traditional job, you are going to be leaving behind your steady paycheck. You're going to be leaving behind your benefits package. You're going to be leaving behind your stability of a workday. And even if you dreaded that workday every day, it was still consistent. You still knew what to expect. You got up at the same time. You ate the same breakfast. You took the same commute. You know, you wore a, the, pretty much the same outfit every day. At least I did. Um, and you got out at around the same time, went home. You know, like that is comforting to some people, even if they don't like it, even if they're doing something they don't love necessarily. And just having that stability, knowing that they're going to get 14 days off, or 10 days off, whatever it is, 15 days off every single year of vacation versus I don't really know when my next vacation is going to be because I'm busy right now. You know, um, I don't know how much money I'm going to make next month. I can project, I can assume, I can look at my contracts that I do have signed, but what if you have none? Or what if all of a sudden you get really busy and your work triples or quadruples? Like, we, I think we always look at the bad side of things when we're thinking about this, like, oh, I'm going to lose my paycheck. But you can also look at the good side of your business and think, yeah, what if my what if I'm so busy I can't handle all the work and I need to hire somebody or I need to turn some people down or I need to end some relationships with some um, lower budget clients? Like, those are all real things to think about. And yeah, for some of my creatures of habits out there, that might be a little bit scary and... I don't know really how to, what to advise for that because it, I think it's probably always going to be a little scary, right? I mean, again, I think being a, a, a good saver, a smart spender that can help you because yeah, if I'm like, okay, what if I don't sign a client next month? Well, I'm not going to starve. I'm going to be able to pay my bills. Like that can help, but it's still, I think it'll always probably feel a little uneasy and you just got to kind of got to roll with it. And I think once you get into it, at least for me, I've learned to really love it. Like it kind of becomes like a game. Not obviously it's my life. It's not a game. I'm not joking. You guys like this. I'm not playing with monopoly money here. So please pay me if you owe me any invoices. Thank you. (laughs) No, but it kind of becomes like fun in a way like, okay, can I beat last month's income? Can I beat last year's income? Can I make this many figures this year? Can I do like you can kind of gamify it and it becomes sort of fun, but it can be stressful for sure. And just uneasy. I don't even think stressful is necessarily the right word is just uneasy. It can be like, whoa, like I do sometimes miss knowing that no matter what, unless I really messed up and like, you know, lost my job, I will get a paycheck every two weeks direct deposited into my bank. It will be for the same amount, that kind of thing. And the last thing I want to touch on is, you know, freelancing might not be for you if you don't have a support system. This is one of those things. I think all of these other things that I mentioned, I think sort of like were at least in my mind at some point when I went freelance full time, because I had been side hustling for quite some time. So I, I kind of worked through a lot of these things. 
But I'm going to be honest with you, the support system is one that I just did not even consider, really. It was just such a, it's just such a um, woo-woo type thing, you know? It's like, oh, I need my girl boss, babe, BFFs, like, no, save it. I'm just trying to be out here, get my money, living my life, all that stuff. Um, (laughs) But then, you know, once you get into it, it can be a very lonely feeling. And again, I'm such an introvert. I mean, I love being by myself. I am like, man, my dream day is either with my partner, who I do love a lot. (laughs) I don't want to make it seem like I don't like him. But if I can't be with him hanging out, I want to be on my couch, cuddled up in a blanket on an autumn day, just hanging out. Like, I love, I love being by myself. But even still, five days a week, seven days a week, four weeks a month, like, by yourself can be a lot. You can drive yourself crazy. It's just a weird unique feeling. You know, even if you think you like being by yourself, you got to have human interaction. And I think even more than human interaction, because, you know, go to a coffee shop, go get lunch by yourself. Those are some easy fixes that I definitely recommend doing at least once in a while, going to lunch by yourself, going to get coffee, that kind of thing, because at least you're going to communicate with the outside world somewhat. But those people still don't necessarily understand your plight in business or your success in business. Like having someone to celebrate with you is so important. I went through so many times of just people not showing up for me. It sucks. It's like the same feeling that I would get when I would have like a performance at school and none of my family could make it because they were working or something and you look out and no one's there for you. And like when you have a cool speech to give or when you are doing something cool or fun, like you want that. And I think you kind of need that. And I think it's important to also be that person for other people too, because community, you know, that, that's what this show is all about. That's what it's all about. You know, connections are so important in this line of work because they bring referrals. You get different perspectives and insights and experiences. And yes, you can gain friendship. And I think having a biz BFF or a biz tribe or whatever it is that you want to call it can be such a unique experience that is really, really needed. I have friends who like have no idea what I do every day. You know, I have family members like my mom. I love her so much. She She's learning what I do by watching these videos and things like that. But having somebody who truly, truly understands and can like get it is just so valuable. So that is one of the reasons why I created my group coaching program. It's because I wanted to support a group, you know, a cohort together so that you guys can all grow together. We can all grow together. I'm a part of that group as well. So I'm in there every other week on those calls as well, sharing my experiences, learning from you guys too. And you get that group you know, that connected group vibe as opposed to just posting in a Facebook group and hoping for the best. Those can be great. Those are great. Again, those are great places to start if you're not ready to invest in a group coaching program or even a one-on-one coaching program. I do offer those as well, which can be great for people who are not huge people, people, people. (laughs) If you're not a huge people person, working with somebody one-on-one, at least you have one advocate. You have somebody who can support you, somebody who's always there for you too. Um, But yeah, the group coaching is something I'm really excited about too, because it's just cool to see 
the individual interactions uh, that do take place in that group. And that's always going to be your crew, you know, even past the point of where you're paying for the service, you're always going to be able to keep in touch with each other. And you're always going to remember, hey, we went through that group coaching together. Look where we are now. And hey, I have this cool thing. Come to it with me. Like, I think that's so important to find something like that. So that's what I try to cultivate. And hopefully I'm doing a good job at it. And hopefully some of you will join me for the group coaching the next session that starts soon. So I'm going to leave all the details for that in the show notes. I'll also leave details for my one-on-one coaching too and all that stuff. But again, it doesn't have to be a paid thing. I think paid is great because it's truly an investment and and you're, you're going to get something out of it more than likely because there are a bunch of other people who are paying as well and are really going to be putting their all into it. But starting small with Facebook groups is great. My Facebook group is free to join the Freelance Friday podcast community. Um... And just connecting with people on there, starting things uh, your own, you know, maybe you start a weekly live stream, get out into your community. I always recommend Tuesdays Together, uh, the Rising Tide Society Tuesdays Together. I always recommend Creative Mornings. Those are both like national programs. So I'm going to leave links for those down below if there's a chapter in your area. So you can definitely find things for creatives, for entrepreneurs in your area. Definitely recommend going out and getting into those and just being open to making new friends and connections because you really do need a support system, I promise you. So I think that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're watching on YouTube, please give me a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review if this was helpful for you. And as always, we can always chat on my social media accounts. I'm at the Latasha James on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on YouTube, uh, my Facebook group, my website, latashajames.com, and lots of other places around the interweb. So let me know what you thought of this episode. And uh, I will see you very soon for a new one. I'm Latasha James, and that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to review it on iTunes or share it with a friend. This podcast is all about community, so you can also go ahead and head over to the Facebook group. It's called the Freelance Friday Podcast Community, or follow me on social. My handle is the Latasha James across all platforms. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode, and like I said, feel free to share it with a friend, tag a friend, screenshot the episode, and tag a friend. It really helps us grow this community, and my goal is to help as many people through this collective community, become better freelancers and more empowered freelancers. So that's it for the episode. I'll talk to you in the next one. It airs every single Friday. I'll talk to you again then.